have a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. That's, I didn't start it. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right, when the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. Hello, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we got a great show ahead. We have um, Pastor Wilson in the studio with us today. Thank you. Hiya. Good to be here. And of course, in front of me, I got Pastor Toby Sumter. Hey. And Chalk Knox, Cinnamon Chocolate Knox. I'm not, I'm not saying much this show. Yeah, he's going yeah. <laughs> to be quiet. Pastor's in the studio. Your, your pastor is here. So, <laughs> with his little words. However, I want to know. Little sins abound. Why, why does it suddenly matter that he's here? Uh, yeah, well, I know that you're not sitting here. You know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Toby's. Toby. <laughs> you know, we have a direct line yes. know, from our offices. Good. Now you tell me. <laughs> I just want to say that I'm impressed with your marble studios. Mar- Mar- Marble colors is oh, the yeah. colonnades. Yeah. This oh, okay. is a very impressive <laughs> place. See, this is why we don't. Oh, speaking of which, this is why we don't do live stream, right? Why? Oh, why? We, we didn't get the votes this yes. last week. I, I think know. we got more votes last week. Finally, an election that I'm week. happy about. <laughs> we we asked. Don't our, worry. We asked our listeners if they thought we should do a live Facebook video feed, but apparently. Apparently not. Apparently not. But not but, enough people. But apparently, they're li- no. But they. <laughs> but there's more people actually listening now. Oh, absolutely. So this last week, thank you guys for listening and downloading us. We basically doubled our listenership, or or let's say downloads last th- just this last week alone. So wow, really, yeah, really we had cool. like 15 people yeah. listening now. So that's amazing. <laughs> which which <laughs> means <laughs> you can find out more about us at crossbaltic.com. Yep. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and then you can email us and our do the whole Google instant. Tweet based thing. Cross yeah. politic yeah. at Gmail. Yep. Yes. Can you email all of your questions mm-hmm. to Gabriel. Yep. Or and if you Knox. want to book Toby for a speaking engagement. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually a real at, thing. That'd do at it. Yeah. Cross politic is our Twitter. Yes. So you can and follow us on Twitter. Facebook forward slash. We link stuff on there. Yep. We share stuff with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, also, I just want to point out that I'm, I'm wearing my saddle shoes today. I saw that. I, See that? Yeah. Does that does it bother you? Were you riding horses on your day off? No, I just wanted. To, it's, it is my day off, <laughs> so I just wanted to point that I, out. I don't know what to make. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Let so me move. Us, let me move us on. Let's keep it going forward. So. Hey, I saw though, so they, they did. They caught my attention. Wait, you got to say our tagline. I always forget it. Fight, laugh, feast. Fight, laugh, feast. That's, That's right. going to be on the like the the. the we're gonna Stop. do a show on that on our basically yeah. our tagline but, fight laugh feast. But you, they're gonna like they can buy like hats instead of like make America great again. We're working on merch, red, bright red hats that say yeah. fight, fight laugh, laugh feast. Yeah. We're hoping yeah. we're hoping to have some oh, merch you're, we're available drop for all you guys. Those secrets yes, now. I know. I'm gonna I might as well since Toby brought up. <laughs> all right. Before Christmas, we're hoping to have some hats and and shirts and some beanies and some sweaters, sweatshirts and everything. We also have a coffee label coming out, and that actually hopefully should be what? set up. Yeah. Here coffee. In the Toby doesn't even know about that. Cross politic coffee. Fight laugh feast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. On each bean. Inscribed <laughs> on. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's Christian. If if nothing else, yeah. coffee. You gotta have coffee. So now you can wake up to cross politic yes. every morning yes <laughs> we're amen. looking forward to that amen yes. so and then uh just just kind of give our listeners kind of a heads up for the next month or so we got the church curmudgeon coming on 
All right. Um, cool. What? Uh, the first weekend. He's of the guy that tweets. He's the tweet. He's yeah. the tweeter. Doug, what was the favorite uh, church curmudgeon tweet that you said last uh, week? My favorite was it used to be that the pastor's wife was huge and the sanctuary was smoking hot. <laughs> 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 get a picture of chocolate knocks right now get yeah. a picture <laughs> so he's got a book out we'll we'll be plugging that you can find it at canon oh. um we also have uh, becca merkel coming on with her new book um uh eve in exile yes and, it's gonna be good and then we're gonna have an episode with our wives yes our wives are coming on the show that's in gonna be December. that's yes. gonna be a lot of fun yes i told my wife about this she's, yeah. she's not She's not particularly excited. Why would our wives be but, excited about but, doing something that we're doing? I, t- I, I told her. I told her that it's about Christmas. Mm-hmm. You can talk about Christmas. Yeah, I'm making kinda, a list kinda for s- my wife to soften. Yeah, my, my wife was like, "I don't do this for a living." I'm like, "Please, right. neither, does, neither do we. <laughs> neither do we. This, <laughs> is, this is really <laughs> testing our leadership ability, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is a test. Just make a list. Say <laughs> you can talk about this. That, that. Remember, I'm great. Yeah. Make sure you say that <laughs> four or five times. <laughs> So that's all coming in December, and then we'll have a Christmas show um, uh, before Christmas break coming out. So that's that's our that's our game plan. Nice. So um, let's get to some news. No. Yes. Oh, boy. I was hoping this would go on we're, forever. We're a week after the election, yeah. and Bill Maher is already calling out evangelicals. Let me play this clip real quick, and we'll uh, we'll get into it. And finally, new rule. Before leaving this election behind, we must all thank Donald Trump for the one good thing he did. He exposed evangelicals who are big Trump supporters as the shameless hypocrites they've always been. Ouch. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Is it over? Hold on. Oh. That's our studio audience. I don't know if you noticed, but Republicans <laughs> didn't get to play the Jesus card this time around because oh. it's hard to bring up the Ten Commandments when your candidate spent his life breaking all of them. <laughs> there oh. we go. There we go. Right between the eyes. Ouch. So what do you guys, you know, as as I kind of think about, you know, of course, Bill Maher, he's an atheist. Yeah, I say I'd ask him. So what's wrong with breaking the Ten Commandments? <laughs> all of all of them. Doug, get presupposition on them. <laughs> well, that's the basic question. How can you liberals make fun of the Ten Commandments yeah. for decades, centuries, and say that out outworn, stupid? And then when a candidate comes along that breaks all of them. Uh, get highly indignant that he's breaking the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it goes back to Lewis's thing in Abolition of Man. We castrate and bid the geldings to be fruitful. We um, yeah. just can't do it. Right? It, so, Although uh, his point is primarily about hypocrisy. Though. Right. So That's he's, what I was going to he, ask. He, he's well, saying he's like, being a hypocrite like, by laughing about this well, in the yeah, first place. That's what Doug's on, saying. We're, right. we're talking right. about, we right. know he's a hypocrite. But, don't, give, don't give him his world. But view. the evangelicals are the ones saying don't remove the Ten Commandments from the public square mm-hmm. and, then, and then we end up Voting for the candidate that breaks them all. So one right. of my biggest reasons why I didn't vote for Trump was because in a lot of ways, Bill- You're a Christian. Uh, well, <laughs> one of my lines of argument oh, for okay. not voting okay. for Trump and all this was because Trump was basically Bill Clinton. I mean, you think of all the sexual es- escapades that Bill yeah. Clinton had and probably still is having, and Trump's been through three wives. I mean, and, and, and so on that level, um, immorality, um, they're the same, but also their policies. Like Bill Clinton was talking about building a wall. Bill Clinton was talking about really, um, yes, he was talking about building a wall. Yes, yeah. and he was talking about back in um, the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, right. sure. when it was popular. <laughs> um, he was talking about his immigration policies, um, uh, and then even his economic policies. That was the other thing. His economic policies, a lot of his trade policies. They, I mean, they're very similar and everything. But no evangelical would have voted for for Bill Clinton. Yeah, here's the one thing I would say, and this is someone who 
did not vote for Trump and and took a principled stand against voting for Trump. So um, Bill Maher's attack on me doesn't doesn't stick. Right. But I would disting I would distinguish between those evangelicals who voted yeah. for Trump because he's the greatest thing ever. He's the return of King David. This is wonderful. The people who are hopped up at his rallies, I think Bill Maher's attack on them for hypocrisy sticks. It's fair. I think yeah. it's a fair. I think it's a fair shot. But if you had, there's a, a number of other evangelicals who voted for Trump who said, look, yeah, he's broken all the Ten Commandments into a thousand pieces, but he was running against someone who was going to break them into a million pieces. Right. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so I, I detest uh, what Trump stands for, but I think that if you're going to make me pick my poison, I'm going to pick the poison that makes me um, less agony, die in less agony. Yeah. Right. Did you see? Uh, oh, you were going to ask something. No, no, I, no. I, come on, come on. No, out I, with it. There, there's so I, I have conflict with myself on yeah. some of this. Well, let's well because it. I guess <laughs> the, the stats that came out on the the evangelical church actually didn't vote largely for yeah. Trump. Did you see that? Right. right. So it was like forty forty five percent. Something like that. Uh, what's his name at the yeah. Gospel Coalition? Joe Carter. broke it down. Joe yeah. Carter. I thought it was a really helpful um, article. Nevertheless, the the momentum that they the representatives that forty percent represented us largely. <laughs> That's right. you know so yeah. um, even though I can say you know we didn't as a whole vote for it. It seems like that. Sure, a lot of us. Did. A lot of us did. And what I'm noticing is that even though a lot of us who didn't vote for Trump, we still are kind of like, all right, let's let's do this. We won. Like this is what we were talking about last week. Right. And so I'm, I'm watching it this past week. Everybody all of a sudden is getting busy saying, okay, this is the guy we want in. Nobody's acknowledging the fact that this isn't our guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And we don't Did, want him in there. They're, they're, they're trying to figure right. out how do we get in there to manipulate the situation, right? Yeah. And, and I'm wondering, like, well, could, couldn't you have done the same thing with Hillary? Well, I feel like, I feel like part well, of the Well, no, except here. Hillary would have thrown you, shown you to the door and then kicked you to the curb. And shot you in the head, probably. Right. And, and then shot <laughs> right, right, right. Cur- Curb stomped right. you. Right. So, so one of the things that is um, – surprising me i i'm i've been more pleasantly surprised in the aftermath of the election than i thought i was going to be Mm. because of the caliber of the people that have not been shown the door the the Mm. people who are and the people that he's starting to appoint to cabinet positions right well he did even show christie the door basically yeah and so he's shown uh gingrich has been shown the door christie was shown the door Mm -hmm. and and mike pence was not Mike Pence was put in charge of the transition team, so I don't think I I did not have it in me to project the future and gamble on voting for Trump because we I had too much evidence that he was going to break all his promises. Right. Mm-hmm. But if he if it turns if this is the way to frame the question, uh, there's a supermajority now. Ba- basically, the Republicans control most of the states yep. 36 35 states mm-hmm. the yep. democrats have not been this battered since 1929 1928 wow. something like that wow. they're they're in a terrible place the republicans have the senate they have the house yep. they have the presidency yep. and they've got two years where we know that that's the case mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. so that's this is the way it's going to be for two years yep the question that i think never trumpers like myself and that was referring to the 2016 election the question we have to ask ourselves is what would it take for us to be willing to vote for Trump second time around? That's a good question. Well, so what basically what would he have to do to convince me that this is not the pig's breakfast that I thought it was going to be? So so then what answer the question? What 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 does he have to do 
to say, okay, you know what? Come four years from now, I'm definitely putting him on. Supreme Court justice to replace Scalia, apply a litmus test. I want a man who commits himself to overturning Roe v. Wade. Mm, so, yeah, yeah, so, uh, someone go, going against Roe v. Wade, um, uh, the, the kind of justice who would vote to overturn Obergefell, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and defunding Planned Parenthood. So if he, if he goes after Planned Parenthood, if he revives the, um, scandal that was the result of the videos that came out yeah, yeah. and then yeah. quietly died, if that comes back to the front, front and center right. um i uh, with that third thing defunding planned parenthood i would be seriously thinking about whether i could in good conscience vote for a second term right. and and even, what, what and about what, there, what even, about exodus um uh, eighteen twenty one, where it gives the character the godly characteristics of a leader uh yes and we, uh, and we know that trump still doesn't have it i mean well uh, godly is as godly does right mm-hmm. so we we can't all i had to go on before this first election was a tawdry life, <laughs> you know, right, right, and and erratic. He was a New York liberal, uh-huh. erratic policies all over the place, saying whatever comes into his head. But if if we had four years of consistent godly policies happening, yeah. at some point I'm going to be willing to rethink because and we have the ear of the king. Be, because he's got a track record. It everything depends on what actually. Happens. And remember also, there's this other category. It seems like there's a, there's a, there's a difference between saying, yay, 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 rah, 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 Trump, he's a godly man. Right. And saying, well, I still, even if I have question marks and concerns, I'm going to vote for him as opposed to. Well, that sounds like Wayne Grudem's thinking, though. That seems like it fits right into what Wayne Grudem was trying to say in the beginning. Well, sure. in the beginning, he said he's a good character with flaws. Right. Yeah. Which is. Um, not true. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, but I'm, I'm How do we say this? <laughs> not true. But, but, but as a just position to Hillary Clinton, he's like, I'd rather have him over the, right. the you know. But, but I think, but, but I think, I mean. And that's before he, we saw any fruit. Yeah, well, the, we've seen enough the, fruit. But the problem with lesser of two evils argument is that you're saying in principle, there would be circumstances under which you would vote for Hillary Clinton. Right. Yep. Right. Right. If, that's right. If the person running against her was worse Vladimir than, Putin. <laughs> worse yeah, than her. Worse than or her. maybe, well, and, maybe. And, and Tabidi thought that that was the case. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's, that, that's what he was doing. And you have no argument. If you're making a judgment call right. about character, I, yeah. I have no argument with Tabidi's. Um, Right. He's doing, he's he's doing, doing the same thing that Grudem was doing. He was picking right. the lesser exactly, two evils. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that, so that, go, no, no, go, no, 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 go, please. Uh, actually, I want to change the subject. Can I bring up a news story? Yeah. I, yeah. I've never done this before. Okay. <laughs> I, so in my news feed this morning, as I woke up and I was, um, um, sifting through, I Twitter, feel like Toby's doing my job now. <laughs> hey, well, is, you look like you have so much is, fun. And I didn't we have uh, some sort of unionization I, here? I, that I read, this is my, <laughs> I, when I woke up this morning, I was, I was flipping through Twitter and everyone was freaking out about Kanye West. Oh, dude. <laughs> Dude. Did you did you guys I would, catch this? I, if I would have voted, I would have voted for Trump. <laughs> yes. Did you see that? Yes, and I did. And, and yes, the, I did. This uh, lengthy diatribe at one of his concerts. Yeah. Uh, which, which is interesting that, that that's news. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's always diatribing at his conference, yeah. concerts. But go ahead, because there's plenty to say on this. Go I know. Ahead. Well, that's why I'm, I'm curious. But like, well... Number one, he's still talking about running for president in 2020. 2020. <laughs> you know what? There's a part of me. He's like, if Trump can win, then <laughs> yeah, I can win. Anyone can I win. I can do this. And everybody who said Trump never had a chance, you're all like, 
Uh oh. Uh oh. Kanye could maybe win. <laughs> Kanye is Holy. the black Trump for us. Or what if Kanye gets the DNC, you know, the Democrat nomination or something, you know, or something like And then we're like, <laughs> Trump or Kanye? Well, well that's easy. <laughs> I'm leaving the nation. <laughs> no, I, but, you know, everyone's surprised that Kanye came out and said if he could have voted, he would have voted for Trump. And Trump, yeah. um, Kanye likes Trump. Yeah. But everybody forgets, like, did you forget that it was Trump at Diddy's party? Uh-huh. Did he? Did he call Trump Uncle Trump? Yeah, really? yeah. Like they love because I remember this. And, you know, and it was Ice Cube saying, "Look, Trump. Trump embodies everything that a boss does." When you're talking about America and coming from the ground up and hustling and making making your own, like he embodies all of that. He was successful. Huh. He's doing what every rapper wants to do. Huh. So of course they're not anti-Trump, yeah. but they they know they know their listening audience. Right. You know, doesn't have the same bankroll they have. Right. Right. <laughs> what about what about Jay Z though? Jay Z in uh, contrast, yeah, yeah, look, he was touring with Hillary. Hillary. I, yeah, of course she paid him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Jay Z, Jay Z would have been up at Trump rally too if the numbers was if right. He, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he's for hire. But it's interesting you know. to me though that like that. I mean, if I don't know how widespread that is, if that's pretty unique to Kanye, but like, um, I mean, he has the ability though to to really raise a lot of support. For, for this kind of, this style of politics. Did he ever raise his own so? support to get out of bankruptcy? Do you remember that? No, I think he, he did like Zuckerberg a, he did like a GoFundMe campaign. Yeah. Because he's really? a dead or something. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I just meant like in terms of like popular, like yeah, groundswell yeah. support. Like, you know, there's. I don't think he carries much weight in terms of help, um, uh, getting people to do what he thinks they should do. Is that true? I, think, I, think he's I don't a, know. Well, I mean, like I think he's, a Kardashian in the White House is a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, did you see uh, Michelle Obama holding up uh, uh, a uh, yes. just a white sheet of paper saying a that, that, uh, immigrant is taking my job? That wasn't real. <laughs> it, it was. It was. No, it, was, no, it, was it still made. Real. It still made me laugh. I, yeah, it was Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't care if it's real or not. Let's go to. The, let's go. To the, it just made Wait, me laugh. There's, 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 there's a fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. The fake news irony just made me laugh. So, but this is real news. An Iowa lawmaker. Uh, submitted a bill called the Suck It Up Buttercup Bill. <laughs> Suck It Up Buttercup Bill. State Representative Bobby. I'm not allowed to talk that way. <laughs> State Representative Bobby Kaufman. He's a Republican. He he's planning to propose legislation that would charge public universities two dollars for every one dollar in state funds that they spend on comforting upset students after presidential election results. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it up, Buttercup. This is in Iowa. Yes, this is in Iowa. I was just reading some, something about a guy in Iowa who's uh, proposed a ban on abortion. Did you hear about uh, this? Indiana? Oh, that's, that's Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, oh, it's the Indiana. other I state. Yeah, <laughs> Idaho. Uh, Says the guy from Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> is it, but I mean, the fact that we're even thinking about, or the fact that he's wasting his time passing a law for that, is like, well, it's a problem, right? I yeah. mean, all these universities nationwide. What they. Uh, They've had cry rooms. Let them cry. They've had um, uh, Plato time of playing with Plato. Yeah, um, I mean, you go down the list. They've had therapy, all, therapy dogs, dogs, therapy yeah. dogs. The therapy That's right. We talked about that last week. Well, then, the thing is heartening about that is that it shows you that our the enemy we're up against. Although they can be vicious, yeah. they're not tough. <laughs> that's right. No, that's a good point. No, that's a good point. Well, and, and here's here's what's even more concerning to me. So a lot of. Um, uh, Reform African American Network. You guys know they've been under fire a little bit recently because I think it was um, Jamar Tisby okay. said that he was afraid, he was uncomfortable or scared when he went to church the next Sunday after the election. Mm-hmm. You know, 
okay. fellowship with with his white brothers and sisters. Okay, and I think he's kind of you know he's he's a um, changing his statement a little bit or trying to flush it out a little more after all the the hoopla that came around it. But there is a sense that when you talk about um, there, you know how many babies were scared of Hillary got elected. Well, yeah, no, I, exactly. <laughs> no, that, I agree with you. But there's a there's, a million a year. So we have reformed brothers and sisters that all of a sudden they've been shaken the same way that the liberals have. Right, right. You know, like that's what I'm, the liberals, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. I get that. Right. But when a reformed brother who believes in the same Jesus that I believe in is torn up that much, and not, not just him, but I think a lot of other people. I was talking to a friend of mine who's like, sure. man, like I'm still trying to get over the election thing. Man, that bothered me. I'm like, in what way? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, yeah. Let me throw something in. Uh, Tabidi had a series of tweets after the election. Yeah. And a number of them were, were glorious. They were just. Uh, you didn't have my vote beforehand. You'll have my prayers after yeah. directed at Trump. That's great, great. Yeah. But there was one line where Tabidi said, congratulations to you white evangelicals who elected mm. Trump. Yep. I, and he says, I don't understand you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, I think that that's, that's why – and that's where the fear comes in right. because um, I didn't vote for Trump, but right. I fully understand those who did. So if I'm if yeah. I, if people like me who lived in swing states and they're trying to say I don't want to vote for Trump and they're sweating bullets over it because because of how appalling Hillary was. So <laughs> basically there's not it's not that hard to understand um what you had in this what what we have in this election is that after a generation of being drilled having uh, identity politics right crammed down our throats. Yeah. Yep. A large group of middle-class white Americans, blue-collar workers largely, mm-hmm. decided in concert to act like an identity group. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's yeah. what they yeah. did. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They voted, they voted their interest, right? right? So some of them were evangelicals. So you're going to have evangelical coal miners. You're going to have evangelical farmers who yep. had been battling Absolutely. the EPA. Yep. You've got and, – and Trump promises change, promises radical change. It's not that hard to understand, even if you don't agree. And and if you say that all opposition to the leftist agenda must be driven by racism, must be driven by sexism, must be driven by homophobic hate, yeah. right. then uh, when an election like this happens, you're not going to understand what just happened. And that tells me that the left is not learning – and it, well, I'm grateful for this, actually the, – uh, they're not learning – the takeaway lessons that that an election like this ought to have shown them because they say they don't understand. I don't yeah, they say I don't understand right. you people. We've right. we've poured contempt on you, you rubes, yeah, 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 yeah. you rubes and cornpones and flyover country. Yeah, we've got blue states on the coasts that are basically Europe without castles. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and so you've got the European ruling elites, and then you've got flyover country where people do their hicky hick thing. And listen to country music and vote crazy right. in crazy ways. But uh, but I'd also and you say, if you pour right. abuse on those people, it's it's almost as though at some point they might turn on you. Yeah, I I, I think Tabidi think understands that. I really feel like he might understand that part mm-hmm. when he says he doesn't understand. I I think he's saying knowing what Trump represents for me. Right. How could you then go and vote for something like that? And you're my brother. I think the answer to that would be. I understand why you would think that Trump represents that to you. Yeah. But the answer is it's bigger than you. Yeah. It's, that, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. there. Yeah. There are more issues in play. There's not just 
How dare you? How dare you? Oh, <laughs> oh, no, consider my feelings. How dare you? Do you know what black people have been through the last two hundred years? A, yeah, yeah. There's a great, there's a great interview of uh, Bannon, the the new uh, Steve Bannon, Steve yeah. Bannon, uh, in the Hollywood Reporter. There's a guy I don't know the guy's name who, who does the interview, but he's. Uh, uh, he in the interview he says I think he's speaking to this very phenomenon but he says darkness is good. Right. Um, he, he says um, he says he's talking about what's going on. It's, I don't know everything he means here, but he says Dick Cheney, Darth Vader, Satan. That's power. It only helps us when they, referring to liberals and media, already promoting calls for his ouster, get it wrong when they're blind to who we are and what we're doing. But mm-hmm. and he goes on to describe exactly. He says they they have no idea what we're doing. They have no idea, you know, that, uh, and that's exactly where we slip in. Yeah. Speaking of Steve Bannon, uh, BuzzFeed uh, released an interview or talk and Q&A thing from a couple years ago that Steve Bannon did with some people. There was a conference in Was Rome. it the Acton one in, yeah, the Vatican? In, in, in the Vatican? Yes. And I, re- I it's a long one, um, and it's a BuzzFeed thing that I saw floating around. I read through it uh, because Steve Bannon was vilified as this, yeah, Lord nationalist, of, white nationalist, yeah, racist, Lord of Darkness, yeah. Lord of yeah. Darkness, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I thought, <laughs> sounds like my kind of guy. Right? <laughs> so, so a little researcher. <laughs> so I I went and read through this, and it was pretty impressive. That that guy is no slouch, and he is explicitly Christian, and he he. It, there's a lot of there was a lot of good stuff in there, right. and he was in no way embracing the. Um, the guys out of the fever swamps, the racists. Right. And he said yeah. every every movement like ours is going to attract some fringe people like that. Right. right. And right. he says, and and they'll wash out. This right. is not this is not about that. He repudiated it clearly. Wow. But it was. Um, I, I'd recommend that article. Do, yeah. do you think Do you think that there is anything that um, and this is going back to to Beatty and um, the Reform African American Network? Are, is there really a fear that they should have at all? about the election for black culture or for minorities period is there really a, a real justified something they should be afraid no, of I, I i would say i would say if you have an election like that and you're afraid to go back to church yeah you need to find a better church <laughs> you know I, thank you i feel justified in saying if a tr- if donald trump can affect racial reconciliation in the church just from him being elected, we've been doing it wrong. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, right. Like, right. Yeah, what kind of friendships do you have? What kind yeah, of relationships yeah. do you exactly. have? Exactly. Exactly. Right. When we come back, more with Pastor Doug Wilson, and we're going to talk about a new book he has. Just dropped, I think, a couple days ago, right? Yeah. That's oh, right. that's going to be exciting. More on Cross Politic. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house. Not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration. 
unashamed of Christ and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic. With us today, we've got a special guest, Pastor Douglas Wilson. He's my pastor. Your pastor? <laughs> yeah, my, my pastor. pastor. Gabriel's pastor. Yep. Not, not my pastor. <laughs> I, I serve as a deacon at Pastor Wilson's church. My, pa- my pastor. You said, <laughs> what was that? My pastor. <laughs> my pastor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, his, you're a deacon. Yeah. And what are you? Who? who? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? For I'm that church, just a member. Oh, okay. <laughs> just a member there. Uh, Pastor Happy Wilson, member. Uh, Pastor Wilson. Is I tell you how much I love my church pastor. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's on the radio show, <laughs> minister of Christ Church, Moscow, Idaho, for how many years now? Oh, let's see, seventy-seven. So coming up on forty years. Wow! Wow! Beautiful. Praise God. Almost out of exile. Christ Church. Almost is... out of the, pro- the, the wilderness. <laughs> We're out of exile. Almost out of the wilderness. Uh, Christ Church is a member of the Community Reformed Evangelical Churches (CREC) and uh, served uh, in the submarine service in the U.S. Navy. He attended the University of Idaho, where he obtained an M.A. in philosophy. He founded, he's one of the founders of Logos School here in Moscow. It's a classical Christian school, K-12. through He's also uh, one of the founders of New St. Andrews, and he serves as fellow of theology there. He's an author of a gazillion books. Can't even read them all. And, and a bunch in the canon, right? Like you're, you're waiting to get a few out, right? Yeah, there's some in the canon, yeah. Like, what, 30? <laughs> Actually, a little more than that. Oh, you guys were laughing. Oh, you were laughing. No. Yeah, I knew it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're, we're Solomon like, has something to say about that, doesn't yeah. he? I, I write to make the little voices in my head go away. <laughs> Is it working? No. <laughs> Which is why we have more than 30 So this is a little bit of an intervention. We're trying to, <laughs> trying to help him get a few of the voices out here for the next few minutes. Um, you've got a new book uh, just coming out. It's called Empires of Dirt, Secularism, Radical Islam, and the Mere Christendom Alternative. Mm. W- when is that? coming out it's uh dropped a couple days ago oh it's out it's out we all yes. get free copies it's on right? canonpress.com yeah you go there to buy it. 16 uh, bucks i just pulled it up i found it yeah um so tell us about empires of dirt okay so the title is taken from a nine inch nail song that uh was covered by johnny cash and it in in the fly it was actually uh, written for johnny cash <laughs> well in the providence of god yes. i think it probably was yeah. you know i've never heard that song how does it go pastor <laughs> You can find it, right? I, did, I, did, I didn't bring bring my guitar. Offered that excuse in the wrong room. Yeah, right? yeah. It's not in the studio. <laughs> Which one do you want? Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, the in the flyleaf, there's uh, a statement from Isaiah: "The nations are dropping the bucket." Um, the uh, Shelley's poem Ozymandias, um, where um, basically look on my work she mighty in despair is the inscription on a statue in a wilderness with blowing sand in every direction huh. and then uh, you can have it all my empires of dirt so what uh, the 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 theme of this is cs lewis says somewhere that whatever's not eternal is eternally out of date and mm. uh, men and women will live forever either with god or apart from him and nations and empires um 
don't. They uh, they they rise and they fall. And America is is no exception to that. And so what we're currently facing is uh, secularism wants to govern without reference to God. And we are, I think, at the tail end of that failed experiment. I think secularism has mm-hmm. fa- has failed and is now visibly a failure. Radical Islam is trying to fill that void. Ooh, the, radical Islam wants to say, um, you don't, what, don't know what you believe. We believe. We wake, wake up in the morning knowing what we believe. Yep. And so... And they're willing to fight and kill and die mm-hmm. for that. And I believe that Christians have to respond by affirming the lordship of Christ over the public square. Mm-hmm. Secularism is impossible, and Allah is a false god. Mm. So that means we must turn to the true God. We must repent. And um, I think it's the job of every faithful pastor, even though we might get called things like a rebel pastor for doing it, Mm-hmm. to call people back to that repentance. It seems like, especially in the aftermath of this election, I mean, there's just tons and tons of voices yelling, screaming, crying, um, this is not right. right. So so in the vacuum of secularism, there is this massive resurgence of moralism. Right. Like, this is not right. This is wrong. This is yeah. unjust. Now you want to talk about right. We should secede. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like all this. Oh, yeah. But, but the, the question, it seems like, is, is in this moment, the very question has is, is everything to do with um, says who? Says who? Why? Right. According and, to West Standard. Yeah. yeah that's and, right. and it's in begging for an answer. And I'm still waiting to start hearing um, really, really clear voices rise to the top of right. the crowd and saying, because Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think it's, it's still like, even among a lot of Christians, though, it's like we're fighting for equality right. or racial justice or, you know, okay, again, says who? Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? Why is injustice bad? Right. Why is racial injustice bad? Right. Why is anything bad? Why is sexism bad? Why is everything you're moaning about? Why is any of that bad? There is no God. Deal yeah, with it, right, right, right. Yeah. And if and if we don't, but if we don't answer that question, if we don't say because Jesus is Lord, because God said so, um, even where we can be co belligerents on something, yeah, like you know, we should we should fight for racial justice. We should we should fight for the rights of the unborn. Whatever. Yeah. Um, if it's not grounded in the Word of God, fundamentally, it's still a humanistic. Right. thing it's still driven by the passions of of a crowd you just happen to have a you know you're just up on an upsurge you know everybody doesn't want to be a, no one wants to be a racist now right so, so it's it's easy to not you know to to try to get on that train so what what happens and this is the this is the kick in the teeth really is when someone when a christian pastor christian leader rises up and says secularism is a joke we can only we can only uh, define what we ought to do and what we ought not to be doing with reference to something. And that's the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Right. He's the, he's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the president of presidents. When, Preach. when someone says that they're going to start catching fire, they're going to start um, dealing with incoming missiles yeah. yep. from Christians. I guess. Amen. From Christians. <laughs> that's right. So most Christian leadership today does not want to say, Jesus Christ is Lord of the public square. Would that include like um, Al Mohler and, and some he, of the- He can't say it and justify it at the same time. 
And I here, I, I think. What do you mean by that? Well, yeah, I mean, well, I'm, this is, I think get, of my charismatic gonna, brothers well, who would say, "Yeah, Jesus is no, Lord no, no, no." Over. It's funny because everybody's going around saying, "I don't care who's on, who's who's the, in the White House. I care about who's on the throne." Yeah, right. Everybody yeah. says that. All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. everybody turns into, "But Jesus is on the throne." <laughs> Jesus is on the throne, and I'm sitting We're here all saying, yeah. now. you yeah. can't say that. You're a dispensationalist." Well, let me let me. Jesus is on the throne over there, <laughs> but he's not on the throne on Earth. You know, he's he's yeah. not ruling and reigning the earth right now. Yeah. Here's the this is the thing that I would um, um, I think Al Mohler is a good guy who's done a bunch of wonderful things. Yeah. I really like him. Three cheers for Al Mohler. Yeah. But having said having said that, and this is said in the friendliest possible way. Yeah. He's a Baptist. And <laughs> you know you hit my spot. <laughs> How many of our listeners are Baptists? How many did we just lose? But he's a, he's a Fewer certain, than we love you guys. So is, so he's a certain type what, of Baptist. What, but, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that Baptists do not have a historical. They do not have a heritage of a theology of interaction with the public square. They, they, they uh, Baptists are wonderful outsiders. So they're separatists. They're, they're, well, they're separatists sometimes because their theology requires it, and other times because the established religion Drove persecuted out. them yeah. and required it of them. Right. So um, mm. Baptists are wonderful. If you've got a faithful Baptist pastor, he can be wonderful in opposition. Mm-hmm. All right. So mm-hmm. in okay. a, um, if I'm in the alley in a, dar- a dark night in an alley in a knife fight with all of Hillary President Hillary Clinton's. <laughs> Um, bad minions. Mm-hmm. If I'm in this knife fight, I want Al Mohler there. Yeah, I want right. him on my side. He's going to be. He's he is magnificent right. in opposition. He's magnificent when when it comes to hey, you, what are you doing with that? What are you yeah. doing with this? Yeah. The problem is, um, Baptist theology doesn't have the infrastructure for governance. And why is that? Uh, well, I think it's because of the separatist. Basically, the the separatism. And is it, and, and I want to. I guess. I'll answer my question. So I, yeah. I, 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 that wasn't good enough. Time. Here, we appreciate your time. I, I, I think I think it goes back to old and new covenant. Yes, and the ability to see continuity between old and new covenant. So right. that, that's the break. We all believe that all of the Bible is God's word, but there's a hermeneutical difference. Yes, and if you carton off in some way the old covenant. And say that's for something different and somewhere else. You've removed your toolbox for yeah. for right. figuring out how to govern. That's right. Now that that discontinuity between the old and the new covenant is basically the ground. What you're talking about is the ground for their separatism, which means that your answer and mine are basically the okay. Same. All right. <laughs> See, Doug, Pastor Wilson's actually just the great peacemaker. <laughs> yes. he's, just, he's not a rebel. He's, he's an ecumenical yeah. pastor. So yeah. make it, we just had two churches just right there. Blend, right <laughs> but then, but I, think, I have a lot of Baptist friends that would say, "But no, what are you talking about? We want abortion ended." Right. Like we want Again, that's, Christian. That's fighting. that's fighting. Yeah, that's fighting in opposition. But what happens when when the battle turns and you might actually you might actually get it? Right. right, you might actually overturn Roe v. Wade. Right, right, and 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 then you the, you've got microphones stuck in your face, and someone is saying, "How dare you impose your morality on a bunch of people in this nation who right. who who don't agree?" And this right. and this goes back to baptizing babies, actually. <laughs> right, right, because because what we're saying, what we're so yeah, the Baptist theology is built on. Again, I'm with Doug completely. God bless him, but it's it's based on a crisis conversion right. picture. So you have children that are born into covenant homes, and we don't expect them to come to the Lord 
in a in a in a sort of natural way in in, right. in, in the course of being raised in the nurture and admonition like of the Lord. Eleven working yeah. out of the way, and, and so yeah. and rather we expect that there needs to be a crisis point, which means that you set yourself up then so, sociologically to expect that in society. Society then is you you, you your your strength is at the point of crisis, mm. right? And so yeah, if I if I'm gonna preach, if we're gonna have a a, a you know a tent meeting. I'm going to call them in, right, call, right, call the Baptists right. in, because they're going to preach that crisis great, and, right. and probably better than a lot of Presbyterians will. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of Americans that need to have that crisis, right, need yeah. to get saved. But in terms of having a continuity of culture and a right. continuity of a, of a country and a nation yeah, and society, yeah. um, that's where I think, I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, exactly. Helpful. So let, let's say um, I, I recently had a blog. Um, I was doing some blog critiquing of Russell Moore's position. Right. And it's the same sort of it's, – it's a similar sort of thing. Where Russell Moore, I think, will be magnificent on the uh, on the defensive, fighting for religious freedom, and it's and and, and why homosexuality is a sin in, within our yeah, you know, don't right. don't impose that on us. Right. But Russell Moore, being a Baptist, I I'm convinced uh, doesn't. It's not that he wants uh, homosexual marriage as a positive good. Right. It's that he doesn't want religion. The true religion in the public square as a positive good. Right. So the only the only real shot that we have of overturning Obergefell anymore is Obergefell's got to go down because God said to us in the Bible that this is a sin. Yeah. Right. right? And and that sort of thing makes a consistent Baptist very very nervous. Yes, I've seen because <laughs> because, because you go into the public square and all of a sudden right. this is another way of saying. Um, a lot of Christians measure your, their commitment by what they'd be willing to die for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when it comes to personal commitment, personal discipleship, personal faithfulness, that's a good measuring stick. What would you be willing to die for? But if we believe in engaging with the culture, and if we believe in Christians being magistrates and governing and doing that sort of thing, the real testing point is what would you be willing to kill for? Mm. Okay, what would you be willing to kill for? If someone says, thus saith the Lord, I can't budge, I can't compromise, you're going to have to kill me, that's martyrdom. Right. right. But if you say, Jesus told me, or God tells me, or the Bible um, yeah. says this, and because you transgressed, you have to die. Right. R- right. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're, that's not a martyr. Oh. That's, that seems to everybody like a persecutor. Extremism. Well, what, what, basically Extremism. what you described is Christian Sharia law. Right. right, 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 and that's a and bunch that's of why. Re- that's why when you talk to students on the university campus and you start talking about absolutes, you do the relativism thing and you run the you run the reductio on them. Mm-hmm. But the thing that they've been taught to think is that absolutes means Sharia law. Right, okay. and then they conjure up this idea of a bunch of reformed ayatollahs, weird beards, Nazis, uh, issuing right. fatwas against right. sinful behavior and yeah. chopping off hands yeah, and yeah, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And a different, that, I'd say first a different religion. Um, B. It was it was it was Bible believing Christians that invented liberty of conscience. Liberty of conscience that's is right. is our deal. That's mm. that's something that we came up with. Yeah. And as the secularists took more and uh, took over more and more, you saw liberty of conscience disappearing. It was evaporating. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And and that's that's because religious liberty, uh, um, uh, liberty of conscience cannot be sustained apart from. The lordship of Christ being acknowledged in the public square. In, in other, another way of saying this is that we we believe that 
acknowledging the lordship of Jesus Christ is the only way to have actual, true multiculturalism, exactly. pluralism, any, you know, any of those words you want to use mm-hmm. in terms of respecting human beings, respecting their dignity, yeah. even those who disagree with you and, and have different religious convictions. That's exactly right. And if I, I need to jump back to my point about what you'd be willing to kill for. You're not willing to kill for anything or kill somebody for sinning or right. cheating at right, cards right, or something. Right. But if I'm going to execute a murderer, you know, just, yeah. I, I need to have warrant. Right. What, I, where's, what's my warrant? Yeah, right. I have to, Go my justi- yeah. justification. And if my justification is the will of the people. Right. Popular and that's opinion. Popular yeah. opinion, 51%. We're done. Then we're done. Right. That you, you've just opened the door to every form of tyranny. Right. Yeah. I want God's will as revealed in Scripture to set limits for us. Right. And then, and if I can, and I can't take the limits from him unless I also take the positive directives from him. So in in the magisterial reformation, where you whether it's Anglicans or Presbyterian or the Continental Reformed, or um, um, there's a long tradition and a theology that that was worked out of the relationship between the the magistrate and the church. There, mm-hmm. There's a long heritage there, mm-hmm. and Baptists for uh, many reasons, some that were their fault and some that were the fault of persecutors of them. Right. Um, they Their whole theological tradition developed without really having mm. access to that uh, legacy. Right. So right. that's where I think that's... And, and all this is an invitation to all of so, our Baptist brothers yeah. to get on get on the train. Are you, are, are, you, yeah. are you actually sitting here saying that... I'm going to do an uh, altar call right now yeah. for the, reason, the Baptist <laughs> listener. The reason that America Come to is Jesus. Where, <laughs> come, come to Jesus. Reform. The reason that America is where it is right now is because of Baptists. No, no, no. no. I'm was, just trying to start a fight. I'm just trying to start no, a fight here. No, no, no. Wait, real quick before we get to that. No, no, he has no, to answer Roy that. Moore, <laughs> Roy Moore. Roy Moore. Well, we got an example here. Roy Moore in Alabama, Chief Justice Roy Moore. He's Baptist. He's a Baptist. He's a, and he's right. fighting. Praise right. God. And, but yeah. he's fighting. Apologia. But it's all all his. I mean, if you read his 90 page, he, he's events, an exception. He's an exception, though. So I think he's what given like we're talking a biblical about. reason for why civil. Um, uh, magistrate should be following the Bible. Yeah, uh, Roy Moore is a wonderful example. But if you go back to the religious right, and this elect, this last election is a resurgence. Of yeah. the com- the, it's a big comeback for the religious yeah. right, the old yeah. school religious right. But when Jerry Falwell and the Moral Majority and all those, uh, Jerry Falwell said basically, this is not biblical law. We are not arguing for biblical right. law. Yeah. We are not. Doing that, mm. we're arguing for traditional American values. As if there's a such thing as neutrality, right? right. They sold, uh, sold the farm. And I think that in principle, wow. they left the back door wide open, yeah. and that 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 um, necessitated the failure of that particular wave yeah. of the religious right. I think we have to ground we have to ground our behavior in transcendental realities. Yeah. Otherwise, anybody's opinion is as good as so, anybody but else's. What I don't understand so, is why fight for the power then. Why fight for the power? Why fight for the authority if you're not going to fill it with Christianity? Right. That's what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, that's what I don't. I yeah, mean, for them, yeah. I guess we need a Baptist here. Why, 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 David? Why, 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 <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. Most you know? of the time, I, I I think what is you fight for your own space. You fight for your own religious liberty. You fight for a system that will. By and large, leave you alone. Maybe it's just short sighted. It's short sighted. No, like, no, they say that. But then, but what authority are you using to fight for that position? Why do you even think it's yours? Right. To have? Yeah. I don't. Uh, I, <laughs> just, I, I lived in a Baptist world <laughs> arguing this so much that it's just. But I don't get it. So, so why fight for it? Why so do anything? I'm going to shift this a little bit. Doug, talk to us a little bit. So the 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 
the the vanguard of of a, a resurgence, the, the job that, that, that God has given to pastors is to proclaim the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If that's the center of this, is that if this is the, the tip of the spear. Right. Um, we need a certain kind of pastor um, in American churches. What is that pastor like? I think that pastor has to be a contrarian. I think he, he has to be willing to swim against the, the tide. Not a contrarian for contrarian's sake. No. But a con- I think... Um, Paul says, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Jesus says that if people despitefully use you, revile you, say every manner of slanderous thing about you, yeah. you're supposed to go walk around the corner and do a little jig. He says, <laughs> he's, he says leap for joy. When, yeah. when people do that to you, when everyone speaks well of you, be careful because that's how they used to talk about false prophets. Mm. Um, he says that Christ, faithful Christian ministers are going to catch heat. They're going to catch fire. They're going. They're going to have all kinds of things thrown at them. And when that happens, you should. It's not the sole criterion uh, for judging these things, but it's one of the criteria for judging a faithful ministry. Um, the back. The, the 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 comeback, of course, is that um, isn't that a justification for a bunch of jerks? Yeah, a, a, a bunch of pastors who, who, and then, and then they, of course, they get persecuted because they're being jerks, sure, that, or they're that, sleeping with their secretary, right, right. So you, you, have, the problem there is you're affirming the consequent, right. where all, all um, dogs have four legs. This has four legs, therefore, this is a dog. Right. Uh, those who want to be godly will be persecuted. I'm being persecuted, therefore, right. I'm godly. Right. That that's affirming the consequent. It's it's simply false. Mm-hmm. You have to be attacked for the right reasons for the gospel. For Christ's testimony, for the that that has to be part of the equation and insisted on. But Jesus tells us that that's one of the ways we should measure how we're doing. Right. Um, if you're if if everybody thinks you're swell, if everybody thinks you're wonderful, if all you get if all you have written about you in the paper are puff pieces that that say oh so and so is doing wonderful things and he's a wonderful guy and look at these wonder marvelous things right. that he's doing. Yeah. No. 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 Well, we got to come back in just a second. We're yeah. going to talk about this some more. Yeah, talk about the five battlegrounds that we need to be looking at as Christians. Oh, you got another book there. Oh, Jeez. yeah, dude. Oh. He's got a bunch of books. Oh, my. We're going to go through all of them next. Politics. <laughs> 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 This is Cy Timbrunke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. Somebody comes up to you and says that they don't believe in God. What have they just done? They've just blasphemed God. You see, blasphemy is not only taking the name of God in vain, but taking his word in vain as well. In Romans chapter 1, we're told that everyone has sufficient knowledge of God to leave them without excuse. When someone says that they don't believe in God, they're in effect calling him a liar. They're blaspheming God. What do we do? We ignore the blasphemy and lay out our evidential case for God. Now imagine that somebody came up to you and said, I think your wife's a prostitute. They'd be in a way blaspheming your wife. Would you say, well last night she was at home making dinner so I don't think she was out walking the street. The night before that she was at choir practice so I'm pretty sure she wasn't walking the street then either. And the night before that she was at her parents house so I really don't think my wife's a prostitute. Would you do that? Would you lay out an evidential argument for your wife's purity? Of course not. You'd say, that's my wife you're talking about. Choose your next words wisely. 
Why then, when people blaspheme God, do we act as though nothing has happened? Christians need to revere the name and the word of God. Sure, have the discussion with the unbeliever, but make sure that they realize what they're doing when they say that they don't believe in God. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. Welcome back Cross Politics. This segment is brought to you by Deschutes, Mirror Pond Pale Ale, and, and Bad Tire. Bad Tire. And Douglas Wilson's book, Rules for Reformers. The New York Times says, more like a lumberjack than a pastor, even when he wears a suit. <laughs> Gotta like that. I love it when they have, or, you know it's safe when they have these reviews like quotes. that. Doug Wilson jumped the shark a long time ago. <laughs> Jonathan Merritt. <laughs> Did you get his permission to put this on here? I don't know. <laughs> Talk to Aaron. I'm, I'm not in charge of Talk that. <laughs> got Steve Dace on here. We talked to Steve oh, Dace Steve. on one of our shows yes. just a couple weeks ago. Awesome. Christopher Hitchens. Love Steve. Uh, it's brilliant. Okay, so... David, do you have a question? Uh, no, I, I think that... Well, uh, we're, what's the title of the book? I don't think you okay. said the title of the oh, book. Rules yeah. for Reformers. It's a dangerous yeah. book. By, by Douglas Wilson. Do you actually have this coat? <laughs> no, that's with, a little... With, um, with the skull and the bat. <laughs> <laughs> skull and the bat. That's a little... Um, that was a riff. Photoshop, was it? A little Photoshop. It's yeah. gangster, though, Pastor. It's gangster. We're doing yeah. that. That was a gangster robe. You notice that I'm wearing a robe oh, there. It's, it's a robe. Black it's a, robe. It's a black robe with a little. Um, okay, Genevan robe going G- on. Genevan robe. With a little biker gangster. With a Calvin, <laughs> Calvin Death Skull. <laughs> Calvin Death Skull. Does, awesome. does Canon Press, they should sell decals of this. They, they ought to. They, like, yeah. No, black yeah. robes. I want a robe. That should, like be, our, that. that should be our Greyfire graduating robe. But pastors, we were talking. We were just talking about pastors that so they're contrarian, and and so pastors maybe they should we should actually come out with a line of robes with like, <laughs> with that on the back. Yeah, you think like, so, yeah. yeah, I wear robes. You, you think they would you think that would move? <laughs> um, before the last chapter in your book, you come you you list five different topics that are the the five battlegrounds right that we should be at fighting right, and the first one you list is worship. Is worship mm. like? Oh, whoa, dude! But we I was do ready. that. We do that every Sunday. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't. That well, wasn't the thing. I think, was like, we think we do. What, yeah. is, what does that have to do with fighting? Well, yeah, exactly. Because I think about fight. I'm like, I'm sharpening my knives. I'm counting my bullets. I'm making sure I'm strong. And you say, Hey, man, uh, I'm getting on Twitter. You, yeah, I'm getting on Twitter. <laughs> like, uh, did you pray? Are you worshiping? Yeah. Explain that. So here's uh, take take us a, um, a zoom out of the Book of Revelation. The Book of Revelation is. Uh, uh, juxtaposed layers of worship of God in heaven and mayhem on earth, <laughs> right? And I think that there's a connection between the two. Mm. So we pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Well, what is it that's going on in heaven? Well, every time we worship, we ascend into the heavenly places we glorify the name of God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. In Hebrews 12, it says that uh, you've not come to a mountain that can be touched. You've come to the heavenly Zion. So we, when in worship, when all the saints get together and the call to worship is uttered, we all ascend into the heavenlies and we glorify the name of God in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what I'm, what I want to see is the name of Jesus glorified on earth 
the way we glorify it every Sunday in the heavenlies. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking God to do here what we did there. God, we visited mm-hmm. your place and we glorified your son's name. Would you visit our place and glorify your son's name mm-hmm. on earth as it is in heaven? Mm-hmm. And I think that you have that uh, um, a great mural of that all the way through the book of Revelation where the, the saints worship God, holy, 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 uh, the elders cast down their crowns before the before the Lord, and then what's happening to unbelief down below? Well, judgment after judgment after judgment. Bulls and are getting poured out. B- bulls are being poured out. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the organ. <laughs> when you start preaching like that, yes. I don't know if we're gonna make it to any more of these. Yes. Going on that way. Now, hold, now hold on. Um, God is kind, and and he um, we worship. Uh, America has um, more Christians. Uh, we're, we're in some sense still a Christian nation, and yes, we worship, I think so. that's true. And we worship every Sunday. All these right. Christians go to church and worship every Sunday. How come that's not changing things? I think we worship every Sunday with a clutch in. Oh, mm. flesh that. So we're okay. just rev- <laughs> we're just revving. <laughs> we're just revving the engine. We're, yeah. we're sitting in the driveway, yeah. rev- revving the engine. Uh-huh. We got we, we've got a lot of horsepower under the hood. This is a great car. We we go vroom vroom. So, is but this, the cl- so the cl- what does that look is like? Is this to, a technique the, the problem clutching. or a a, a, a a belief problem or a theological problem? What? No, it, it's um. I'll tell two uh, two stories. There's the standard joke of people walking out of a church talking to the preacher. Good sermon there, pastor. You were preaching really great until you got to meddling. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Which is what you do every yeah, Sunday. Right. Yeah. So, I start talking so, about my sin. So <laughs> preaching is preaching is thought of as shooting fireworks in the air, and then you got to meddling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, uh, then there's a story of an old country preacher uh, who every week preached on heaven and hell, heaven and hell. You know, heaven and hell every week. And someone once asked him, "Well, why do you why do you do that every Sunday? Same sermon every Sunday." He said, well, I, I did preach on chicken stealing once, but it dampened the, the enthusiasm. Attendance <laughs> <laughs> so, went down next Sunday. <laughs> right, because he got to meddling. Got to meddling. So letting the clutch out means actual engagement with the world. So I, I believe that Christians have been trained to think that worship is what we do to lay up deposits in our bank account in heaven so that we have something when we get there. Mm-hmm. They don't think that it's so, laying. So, so worship is a safe place, a safe yeah. space, <laughs> a safe yes. space for Christians. We've created yes. safe space. Where we have our, our therapy sessions. Right. Wow. And our Play-Doh and our plush toys. Oh. And, and, our, and our cry room. And our cry room. And our coloring. Well, actually, books. a lot of churches <laughs> do have a cry room. <laughs> the, the whole thing but is that's a cry a, room. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good cry room yeah, and there's a bad cry room. But, oh. But see, that's the, that's the issue yeah. is if we, do we think that the church is actually supposed to be salt and light in this world? Right. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I believe that driving with, you know, um, revving the engine with the clutch in means that we want to have the feel of being in a powerful car. We want to have yes. the, yes. the right. sensation right. of, what are the Reformation fathers did? We know we and, can go fast. And the or, yeah, look at the, look at the tachometer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's but that's the tachometer. That's not the speedometer. You're right. not you're but, not going anywhere. But you're in a simulator. Yeah, it's just a simulator. It's a flight simulator. Yeah, and there's there's no there's nothing actually on the line. Right? Now now, but I would I would um, push a little further here. I mean, how many pastors would admit that they're doing that? You know that that they are not 
None. preaching to their None. people. You know, I think they'd all. I think a lot of pastors would be like, "No, I am trying to preach to my people every Sunday." Yeah, preach them about what? The Bible, bringing the Word of God to them. I'm exegeting the text, Pastor. Every Sunday, I exegete the text. I go verse by verse. They, these people are getting spiritually healed. And yeah, and great. I have no objection. It, I think there are faithful preachers mm-hmm. who preach to the sins and, and the conditions of the people in front of them. Mm-hmm. But the Church of Jesus Christ is inherently political. Not, I, but I don't mean partisan. I think you might have said that wrong. Okay. You said it's political. It's political. <laughs> you just lost your text. <laughs> it's not not partisan, but it is political. It's a new polis. Mm. So the church is a polis. It's a new city. It's a new way of being human. Mm. And that means that the pastor has to talk to the people about their condition, their their role here as citizens. I, I don't just preach to them as butchers and and bakers and candlestick makers. I also preach to them as citizens, as husbands, as wives. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, so yeah. what are they supposed to and and occasionally I might have to talk to Herod and tell him that woman's not lawful for you not lawful for you to have her. Mm-hmm. When we start preaching against the very sin that we face every day versus sin in general, it changes. Exactly. And yeah. So yeah. You, so you start off with worship, which I think we could stay there, but then you move on which is really weird right to the politics of sodomy. Right. Because the, if you ask me to summarize what I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the politics of, how would I summarize the politi- politics of sodomy? It would be the politics of fruitlessness. All right. Mm. Okay. And I would lump um, fruitlessness as what are some instances of fruitlessness? Wow. Well, every homosexual sexual union is fruitless by, de- by definition. You have many heterosexuals. Trying to be fruitless, trying to uh, eliminate actively, children, wow. actively pursuing it. fruitlessness. Yep. Uh-huh. Then you have the fruitlessness of abortion. Yep. Okay, and if I wanted to extend it further, I could say let's let's talk about the fruitlessness of socialism. All right. Um, basically, uh, the world, the devil hates seed. The, he- the devil hates fertile ground. Mm. The devil hates fertility. The devil hates children. The devil hates growth. Right. So. Unless it's a metastatizing cancer, he doesn't want growth. The po- basically, Christians have to embrace again the politics of fruitfulness mm. and sodomy. The the current Sodom Sodomite rebellion, the sexual revolution, is being led by the one percent homosexual activists. But there are a whole lot more people involved in that revolution right. than just active homosexuals. Right, it's right. a lot of the church now. A lot of yeah. the church, yes. Uh-huh. And it's and it's an embrace, even if they're not on board with that sort of sodomy proper. Right. What they are trying to fight for is make room for whatever version of fruitlessness they right. they do want. Right. So that's now, a, now that's let's a, let's, let's talk practically just about this point just for a yeah, second. Because, that, yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, a lot of churches want to minister to the homosexual community, and but they don't feel like and and they do it and they want to do it. And they don't feel like they want to speak that, and they do it in such a way where they don't speak the truth into that right. sin, you into can, that. Yeah, you can't minister to anybody by lying to them. Yeah, by not by not bringing the gospel and the contrast yeah, if, of what the gospel. If you is get any group life. of if you get any group of sinners together and you blow sunshine at them, it's not a ministry. You're not ministering to them. So, to your verbiage on this, um, you call them sodomites. All right. Right. The, 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 our, 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 Can we say that on here? Can we? Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're for profit. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come and get uh, us. All, but all of a sudden, the, the church says, now you just shut off your ability to pastor them. Yeah, I'd, uh, I would dispute that, mm-hmm. right? So um, 
here's an illustration, and this I'm not getting into the larger issues here, but uh, take two in the last ten years, take two big big league, major league evangelical pastors, Tim Keller in New York and Mark Driscoll in Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Mark Driscoll had an uh, just all the other issues that the controversies. I'm not getting into that, but it has to be confessed that he was blunt and aggressive mm-hmm. with people with regard to sexual sin, yeah. homosexuality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that did not wreck his ministry with people afflicted with that sin at right. all. So um, you, you can't say, oh, you're going to turn people off if you tell them the truth, or you're going to turn people off if you use the right name for the, right. the, the sin. Right, yeah. right. Um, now, some people do, but some people turn people off when they use the euphemisms, Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, some people are good at what they do, and some people are bad at what they do. And I, I believe it's possible to minister to people without doing the cool youth minister. I've got to dress like you, talk like you, wear my baseball cap backwards like you. So you won't see my pastor with skinny jeans on. I'm just no. saying. <laughs> but he does have a Calvin skull <laughs> yes. biker emblem on the back of his robe. No, that's, but- that's because the. The Calvin skull thing is masculine. The skinny jeans are. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's trying to reach out to. The, <laughs> Did you wear bell bottoms to the Harley Davidsons? Uh, yeah, I was in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a setup. Well, I think, setup. I think I think that's helpful. And I, but I think you know, as we talk about like rebel pastor, um, in in some sense, it's um, you know, rebel rebellious. We're talking about a rebellious. Um, a contrasting stance to okay. maybe what's what's flowing right right so here's the here's a another thing that that I, i've said many many times and i i think it's an essential point there is no virtue or vice uh that can be found in a transitive verb no virtue or vice that can be found in a tra- if i say i love fill in the blank right i love fill in the blank um, I don't know if that's a virtuous sentence or a sinful sentence. Right. Is the is the direct object ice cream, my mom, child porn, I love the devil. Right. And if I say I hate fill in the blank, um, what is is that a sinful sentence? I don't know. Is it I I hate the devil, I hate um I hate my mom, my mom. I you know what what is right. it? So a transitive verb, the virtue or vice in it comes from the object. Right. I love God, I love the devil. What, you know what is it? So if if you said rebel pastor, if you say it's good to be a rebel pastor against fill in the blank, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right? Are you rebelling against tradition? Are you rebelling against the Pauline epistles? Are you rebelling against right. uh, the the customs, the unbiblical customs that have grown up around our people, it's it's etc. Yep. So um, um, I believe that every pastor has to be a rebel against ungodliness mm-hmm. and the the system of the world. Right. So you reject the world, the flesh, and the devil, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, which those things creep into churches. They creep into denominations. They creep into our, the Christian's way of doing business. And the pastor's job is to put his foot through the side of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. The third thing you say is a key battleground for us as Christians, you say, is the soul of education. Right. Um, essentially, we get a lot of education in the last few. But what yes. do you, what do you mean? <laughs> okay, education basically. Uh, if you want people to know how to be men and women, you have to teach mm. boys and girls how to be men and women. You don't. You don't want to take twenty-two-year-olds and enroll them in a remedial boy and girl class. Mm. You, right. You, you don't want people having to go back and and learn it when they when they should be executing. 
you you want when it's to too teach, late or when it's too late or or it's don't not, say it's too late, man. I got my next question up on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late for you, Dave. Yes, because <laughs> there's a real issue here, which is that you have a lot of fatherless boys who have grown up now have kids and. I'm not speaking like I was the one who read your book on Future Man or anything and thought, man, I need to become a man myself first before I can instruct my son. I'm not saying that's me, but I'm saying there's people like that. There's, there's people out there. Ask, asking, asking for a friend. Asking for a friend, yeah. There's a friend of mine who, who, who was asking uh, this question. So, you know, but yeah, you're right, though. It's not hopeless. What, what do those people do? Okay, well, basically, uh, my, one of the things I learned from my dad is his, uh, he says many times, God takes you from where you are, not from where you should have been. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if we have a choice, yes. I would rather work with a, a boy before he's a man yes. Yes. than work with that boy after he's a man. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can get more done that yes. way. Yes, absolutely. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that once he's grown that you can get nothing done because the church at Ephesus, you've got all these people who are converted when they were adults. And Paul is telling them, teaching them to love your wife as Christ loved the church, and Ooh, praise do, God. Do, do, you know, do yeah. this for my friend. For my- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your friend will be very happy. Be yeah. He's, he's going to be relieved. He's listening right now. <laughs> so, are you doing another? Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, well, are we, yeah, are we, we got two four? more. We got two more. Yeah, right. um, we got time. Um, free man, free markets. I think I get yes. this one. Okay. Economics. How does Econ- economics play into this? Economics plays into this because basically. Uh, socialism, every form of collectivism is simply a driver of poverty and, and t- tyranny, poverty and tyranny. And I believe that, but, but at the same time, I don't believe in, uh, capitalism apart from the gospel uh, because what, ha- what happens? So you're saying that, pastors need to know something about economics. I am. I'm saying that pastors wow. need to know something about economics. If you don't have Jesus and you have free markets, then you're going to have people getting in cahoots with government. And they'll and what's going to ha- uh, crony capitalism uh, develops, or what I call crapitalism, right? So uh, <laughs> that, like that. Uh, yeah. so that basically that is what many people when many people reject free markets, they're rejecting cronyism, yeah. they're rejecting capitalism. Yeah, right. But I th- I believe that every Christian who loves liberty, who sees a, a men and women freed by the gospel, will see them wanting to exercise their talents. In free markets, and this goes back to the fruitfulness thing. Yes, right. Because I mean, exactly. you already said this a minute I'm ago. But, connection with all but, these, yeah. But the but you you in order to be uh, when Christ sets you free, He sets you free to be fruitful. Yes, and that means building businesses, building families, building legacies, yeah. in which to bless the world with. Right, and you need right. free free markets to do that. You well, need to make money so you can have something to give away, so you can be like God. Mm. Right. In Ooh. order to. Right, right. Sometimes you gotta let some of those breathe, Pastor. Some of those are smart hits. Like, just let me throw my hands up. You gotta be. Like, Can okay. it real quick? What What are a couple of of must read books on Christian economics? Because that's something that oh. you don't that doesn't show yeah. up that's in the sem- It's not in the seminary catalog. Yeah, um, not at your Christian bookstore yeah, either. Right. Okay. Um, uh, economics. God, greed, and money. Yep, God, God greed, and money that's would be uh, one. I think the guy, author's name is Larry Richards. Mm-hmm. Another one would would be the Good of Affluence. Okay. By Schneider, uh, th- those would be good places to start. Okay. Uh, I, I want to add one here: um, economics them. in one lesson. It's a, it, is that it, Hazlitt? It, it, it's ha- yeah, Hazlitt, and it's, it's easy read, super short, but it gives really good uh, principles and stories. Okay, um, yeah. a short and, story to get and the law by Bastiat. Um, okay, yeah, I haven't right. read that one. But and yeah. in the future, one of your thirty books that are coming out are going to be on economics. I hope, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the last one of the five is getting our Senate groove back. Sensate. Oh, did I say? 
Oh. <laughs> it's your turn, David. Sensei. Pronounce. <laughs> you know, right. I'm just What does that word he's, mean? He's deaf in one ear. <laughs> All right, what is that? I, mean? I was hoping it meant Senate, but anyway, it's Sensei. <laughs> so, so getting our Sensei groove back means an embrace of um, the aesthetic value of the world and how God made us uh, sub creators. Uh, beauty matters, aesthetics matter, um, arts, the arts matter, mm. music matters, painting matters. Um, that's not a, that's not just something we do after we've made our money and we need to decorate things a little bit. Um, we are we were made to be makers. We were made to be creators. Uh, God is an artist. We were made to be artists, mm. and that's that's part of what um, human fulfillment is supposed to be like. And pastors, you're saying, need to be at the forefront of that. Yeah, leading people, how, teaching people. How do people. pastors do that? Part of that is not giving grief to people who are tr- trying who are really trying to do it. <laughs> really trying to do it. Uh, artists are sometimes difficult. Yeah, art, art, artists can be prickly. And and artists need to be like David. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh. I'm going to leave that alone. You got one free it's one. Not, it's only because Pastor Wilson's here. <laughs> not my church. Not my church. <laughs> so, hey. uh, we, we can actually probably talk for another hour or two with Pastor Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, thanks I'm so much to... for being on Cross Politics. Yeah, thanks, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And I'd be happy to come back after it calms down. Yeah. <laughs> Rules for, <laughs> Rules for Reformers at CanonPress.com and the new one. The new one is Empires of Dirt. Also available at CanonPress.com. This is Cross Politic. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast.